I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Welcome, Patriots, to this special edition of Patriots Voice Michigan. We have a special guest here, Maya Han. She is an advocate for vaccine choice, which she's a West Side Regional Director, a statewide nonprofit advocacy organization fighting for freedom in Michigan. She also is a speech-language pathologist and autism specialist who has helped develop individualism autism programs in California, Oregon, Washington State, and Michigan. She has a podcast called Health Freedom Unmuzzled, and that show is on Rumble, BitChute, and Telegram. She's also an advocate for health reform, Christian values, American exceptionalism, and constitutional freedoms. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brian, for having me. So first question is, why are you so passionate about um, especially the uh, vaccine choice? Sure, well, I kind of uh, came into this movement circumstance. Uh, I've been at this actually for quite a few years. I know a lot of people have come on board and started becoming alarmed with what's going on after COVID and the uh, mandates. However, um, I am, as you said, a speech-language pathologist. I'm an autism specialist, and I've been aware of vaccine injury since the 90s when I started working with children with severe to profound autism. But uh, sadly, I um, didn't heed the warning from my patients at that time, and I vaccinated my own children. I did do in a delayed schedule, but I thought that at that time the vaccines were safe, safer than the disease that they were trying to prevent. So I vaccinated my children, and unfortunately, my children are vaccine-injured. I have a son who regressed into autism at two and a half years of age, and my daughter developed at her two-month shot um, high fever, projectile vomiting, and then seizures, which then eventually um, developed into ticks and an autoimmune disease called cutaneous lupus. So um, at that point, I really started to do research because the doctors just are not trained to recognize vaccine injury. And they're really just taught that vaccines are safe and effective and the disease that they're trying to prevent are deadly. And, um, and therefore they just push for it. And they're actually trained to counter any dissenting voices for, um, against vaccines. And it's really cut off our uh, scientific questioning of what we're doing with vaccination. And I have been watching through the years uh, this same cycle that now people are starting to become aware of, that the government will create these propaganda um, fear campaigns based around a virus 
And through that, they're able to get Americans to willingly forfeit their constitutional God-given rights. So um, I've been watching this, sounding the alarm, and now that COVID has hit, boy, we're in a whole new uh, monster as the whole world is now um, facing an unprecedented loss of personal, individualized human rights. For sure. What is... um. So people argue that we've always had vaccines, and that's what got rid of measles, that's got rid of smallpox, that's got rid of um, polio. What is your argument against that being for a va- in in the vaccine sense? Like, is there is there some truth to the vaccine actually did work? What's your thoughts on all that? really interesting data. Um, I'm never, I never claim that vaccines don't work. Um, there's plenty of evidence that vaccines do work. The premise that vaccines have eradicated many of our diseases, though, I do question. Uh, if we look at the data and our understanding of how disease processes works and how it runs through a society and how herd immunity works, Um, herd immunity is significantly um, better and more effective than any kind of vaccine program. And if you look at the data, you'll see that most of the preventable diseases that we attribute to the eradication through vaccination were actually almost um, completely eradicated at that point when the vaccination came in through herd immunity. They had their large spikes. Um, causing significant mortality and illness and then sharp declines in that. And then the the CDC, you know, they'll bring in the vaccine and then they'll just zoom in onto the very small part of the end of this um, epidemic that 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 virus was causing and say, oh, look at how high it looks like it is on this bar graph. And then the vaccine came in and then eradicated it. But if you were to take a bigger perspective and see that the they were really on the tail end um, of eradication, that I, I do question if vaccination has eradicated uh, most of our diseases. Um, measles is a, a perfect example. We've had measles as a benign childhood illness in our country for decades. And in the 1970s, the vaccine came in. Uh, first of all, people need to understand that measles was benign, childhood illness, and it, it caused mortality at a 0.001% chance mortality rate, which is one in 100,000. And uh, it wasn't even considered scary. I mean, nowadays we can understand chickenpox. I'm worried that our society is starting to lose the understanding that chickenpox is benign too. But measles really was never considered dangerous. In fact, when they brought in the vaccine, the the reasons that they brought in the vaccine were just because they, they said, they told the CDC, well, it's because we can. Why should parents have to watch their children have a fever and a rash for a couple of weeks if we don't have to? And that's how that came in. But, you know, it's very interesting in the last 30 years how they were able to manipulate the American people into thinking that measles was dangerous and deadly and uh, make us actually 
be willing to mandate a measles vaccine for all children and lose your rights across uh, multiple states. Um, but the eradication of many of these diseases, if you go into, let's say, polio, and I did a, an episode on polio on the health freedom on muzzle because that's the one thing that so many come back at when you're asked about vaccines. Well, what about polio? Wouldn't all of us be paralyzed? Kids would be paralyzed in the iron lungs. And it's very interesting that the production of the polio vaccine started up in the 1940s. And at that same time that, and one really interesting thing too is measles. Did you know that measles is a summertime virus? I hadn't realized that measles only came around in the summer, which is very odd. That is very odd. As we most we know, most viruses, they come in the fall, right? Right. It starts getting darker. People's vitamin D levels start dropping, and, and that's kind of the pattern of disease and, and viruses. However, polio is a summer one. Hmm. And interestingly, at that same time that we had a spike in polio cases, was at the same time that America had a huge DDT campaign for pets. And I don't know if you remember, if you Google or DuckDuckGo uh, pictures from the 1940s where they were spraying DDT directly on American children. Yes. In the pools, yep. in the park. It was everywhere. And scientists at that time were, were starting to study DDT exposures and finding those same exact uh, presentations that you see in polio, paralysis in the legs. Um, neurological issues, it was mimicking polio. And those scientists were dismissed and censored, much like the scientists that we're seeing today when it comes to coronavirus and the vaccines. Um, those, uh, The government at that point was saying that these scientists don't have any argument. This is definitely polio. Um, but very interestingly, you know, we look at I'm sure most of your audience knows that uh, Bill Gates is behind a lot of what's going on, kind of yes. the mastermind that owns a lot of money and, and a lot of the regulatory agencies all across the world and has his hands in all pharmaceutical companies. But there was a, a Bill Gates back in the 1940s by the name of Dr. Henry Kum, K-U-M-M. And he was not only in charge of uh, funding the polio vaccine and the money behind the polio vaccine and working with the regulatory agencies for that and, and, and actually helping develop the largest, first largest widespread American vaccination program ever. He was also a consultant for the commission on DDT spring. So very conflicts of interest. We've seen it throughout history. Yes. Um, and, you know, the science, on vaccination has come back to really bite us what measles has done to our society as a whole um, and even what the chickenpox vaccine has done it's caused our societies to not have the herd immunity that we normally would have so measles one thing about measles as we found is that if you have had measles as a child, you're significantly less likely to have a variety of different cancers. So there's some kind of component in the natural measles virus that suppresses cancer cells. We also know that measles titers is decreasing in America significantly. And this is because of the vaccine program. Measles, if you had it as a child naturally, 
your measles titers are strong and long lasting. However, then they brought in the measles vaccine for all children and it, it stopped children from having the measles. However, those titers are not long lasting and they have now discovered that we have waning titers. And we've actually discovered this interestingly because of the blood supply, um, their plasma donation, they use plasma for a variety of different um, autoimmune diseases. So people need to have plasma treatments. The FDA regulates the amount of titers for different viruses that are required in these drug supplies. And one of them is measles titers. And unfortunately, because we have waning titers in our society, because these people have now, our society has been now a lot, mostly vaccinated, they started seeing titers going less and less and going below what the FDA demanded of plasma donation. And so they kept having to go back to the FDA and say, we just can't find the donations to meet these levels of titers, kept getting permission to get lower and lower and lower. And finally, the FDA said, well, can you boost their titers? So they did a study trying to boost donors' titers by giving them another measles vaccination. And they found out that their titers spiked and then dropped completely within seven days. And so we now have a population in our country that has waning titers, that has no ability to attain more titers. And we're going to continue to see more and more measles epidemics like we did 2017 in Disneyland, 2019 in New York and Washington, we will continue to see that. And they'd like to blame it on the anti-vaccination uh, groups and the growing sure. vaccine hesitancy groups. Yet the truth is their vaccination program has completely failed. And now we are going to have infants that are more predisposed to the dangerous um, measles because measles can be more fatal in you know under six months of age. At that time, back in the day when people had natural immunity from the natural virus, women would, um, their breast milk would give titers to their infants. The oh, natural yeah. titers would then protect them, as well as measles when you're older can be more dangerous as well. But of course, now we have a population that doesn't have the measles titers and mothers that don't give measles titers to their infants. So now mm. when measles was 0.001% at the very worst, we're probably going to have a much higher measles um, mortality rate because of the vaccination program. Right, because now it, you probably remember growing up and then chicken pox. Chicken pox, especially, they'd have parties like your family would all get together. Quick, get it, you know, so you can get through yeah. your system and then your body can yeah. be able to fight it. Obviously, on the flip side now, it's the same virus that can come back later. Um, uh, my mom just dealt with it too um this past year with shingles having that same virus so well uh, that's exactly right right so chicken pox parties they used to have measles parties and uh, again chicken pox was a very mild is a very yes. mild childhood virus yet once you have chicken pox you now have that in your body that stays dormant in your nerves forever and that can come back out when your titers are low it can come back out in the form of shingles. And very interestingly, many other countries around the world, including Britain, absolutely refuse to implement the chickenpox vaccine in their society because they say right there on their public health um, statements, if we were to do the chickenpox vaccine, we would have an epidemic of shingles. 
Yeah, here in America, because Big Pharma owns our regulatory agencies and makes the decisions for the American people, they mandated the, the chickenpox vaccine on all children. And now children don't get the chickenpox as children. They're getting the chickenpox vaccine. Those titers are waning. So now we're seeing even kids in their teens and their 20s getting shingles. And of course, because we're not re-exposed to chickenpox in our environment through our children, through our grandchildren, to boost our natural titers, our titers are waning as well. So that's why we have an epidemic of shingles. Once again, a failed vaccine program. Well, and now they have more proof that herd immunity with the COVID. I had COVID this past summer, back in May, that your immunity lasts for a year. More reports are coming out. And now Pfizer, they're saying, well, that uh, that's only good for 47 days it drops off. So the herd immunity is definitely uh, the key. But they, the government has to keep the narrative, right? It's all for the greater good. Do this for the common good. But at what, at what point is pushing this on people, taking our freedoms away? Because um, you look at even VAERS, where they report this stuff, well, it's unbiased, or it's biased. Um, there's no, they can't confirm or deny that these things are happening, and I don't even know what the toll is right now. Last time I looked at it, it was over 750,000 adverse reactions to this vaccine. And reports coming out that people are dying from it as well, that just reported last week. Last week. Um, so what's the all overall goal for government to do what they're doing? I mean, I can't really speak for what their goal is. Uh, they're obviously these talking points of it's for the greater good. Um, it's uh, it, follow the science. Uh, these are propaganda talking points, and they're not at all stemmed in science and ethics. Um, what their ultimate motive is, I don't know. But there are many, many doctors and scientists now that are whistleblowing, that are finally speaking up and saying something's askew here. This is not adding up. We're not appropriately treating our patients with COVID with the appropriate treatments, such as ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. In fact, hospitals and doctors, they're telling them they can't even prescribe that. Right. And they're telling them there is no appropriate treatment. And they're telling them, oh, give them remdesivir, where we're seeing significant mm -hmm. problems with kidney damage from remdesivir. Saying the only way out is through vaccination, where right. we know that at least 50%, if not 80% of our population has already had COVID. And so then to say that the immunity is waning, show us that data. Because for all other viruses that we've seen and how the human body works, we know that this, if you have had COVID, your natural immunity is going to be far superior than anything that these mRNA vaccines are doing. And we know that they're going to last significantly longer. Um, and, they're, and they're adapting. So they, they are able to identify a COVID a new COVID strain, a new COVID variant, and battle that significantly more successfully than any of the vaccines are doing. I so would, there's really no data and no science 
it can back up the claims that we're hearing from our federal and state officials. Right. I was sick back beginning of shutdown 2020. It was in February. And I had all the symptoms that they were saying COVID was giving people. And the second time around back in May. So the first time I got sick, I was sick for like a week. Second time was three days. So I'm pretty positive that COVID was here long before government said it was. And that's why I think more people have immunity to it now. And then the second time around, then my body's body's able to recognize it and defeat it. Maybe it was the Delta variant, who knows. But going back to just businesses in a sense, and then having the government come down and saying, well, if you got a hundred employees or more, it's got to be vaccinated. This is where the freedom aspect I have a problem with because I've never been anti-vaccine either. I've been very specific on choice. And that's what we want is to give people a choice. If you want to wear a mask and look silly, go for it. You want to get a vaccine that's not proven and the data, how quickly they got this data, go for it. But I'm not about to do it. How do you have those conversations with individuals? Well, I I believe in choice, too. And I think what Biden laid out is completely unconstitutional. And uh, there is now cases that are at the federal level fighting against that. We are seeing local cases win. You know, our First Amendment all the way through our 14th Amendment protects us with our religious liberties to absolutely religiously object due to our deeply held religious beliefs. And these are are the vessels that God gave us. And there is no government that has the right to mandate we receive something that goes against what we believe in our God-given bodies to maintain our liberties. This is something I think everybody needs to understand and stand up for, that coercion is un precedented yes and beyond beyond you know the religious beliefs if you see what is going on all around the world you know what's going on in australia and new zealand um the nigerian government just announced officially that if you don't carry your vaccine passport card not only are you not able to worship in your church or your mosque you will not have access to banking system. You won't have access to your money. The coercion is unreal. Here in the United States, I'm sure so many people cannot even believe where we have gone from in the last couple of years. But what they don't understand is that our, our freedoms have been slowly plucked away for many, many years. And most of it stems from us being fearful and being willing to give up our freedoms for what we consider safety and protection. And it's time that we start peeling back these layers of unconstitutional laws and mandates and stand up. I was really excited to see that we have the airline employees that are walking out. Yes. track is now walking out today. And it's time for all of us, all of us who love America— and don't want to see America fall, that love our liberties and freedoms, that want to protect our children and their rights to a free America, all of us must stand up 
and walk out. You know, we've been working with, uh, we started an initiative, United Healthcare Workers um, in Michigan, uniting all these healthcare workers, hoping they were going to walk out, stand up, you know, plan to strike. And um, they decided they were going to submit to the religious um, objections, which is fine because once you put in your religious objection and, and the hospitals or the healthcare systems deny that, then you have a lawsuit because you're discriminating against religious rights. However, I, I, I really hope that they all decide to stand up together, whether they've been vaccinated or unvaccinated, because we need to stop this now. If we don't, if our healthcare workers submit, if they, you know, continue to play the game, I'll show you my papers. We are going to start seeing lack of access more and more to our healthcare, lack of access to our loved ones in uh, nursing facilities, in in uh, the hospitals, and um, it, the coercion is just going to continue until all of us are second-class citizens and again don't have access to anything. Right, because. Even Biden, when he gave the speech about the 100 employees, he said, we've been mandating vaccines for children for however many decades. And right. it, and it's true because you got to have an immunization card to take your kid to go to a public school. But right. there was also exemptions, correct? Like you were able to, you didn't have to comply to that. Right. You still have to show them your card, right, and and show them that you are opting out of it. Some states have eliminated it completely, though, you know. So we started off with, okay, well, the ACIP, the CDC now dictates that every single American child must receive all of the 72 doses of the mandated vaccine scheduled to go to school. Right. Um, but, and so we all somehow agreed to that and started jumping through these hoops. And then in California, they were able to eliminate the personal objections and they eliminated the religious exemptions. And believe it or not, they have now eliminated almost all medical exemptions to, to not only public school, but to private school and daycares. Wow. And then New York did it. Maine did it. I mean, we're seeing a trickling effect all across the country of the removal of our rights to our bodies yep. and the removal of our children to be able to be educated, to have childcare, you know, the, the coercion and the, you know, the weight of big pharma on top of us needs to end. And it ends with us now. I really hope enough people start to stand up. Yeah. I find it interesting. Just, uh, I think it was yesterday I read about aspirin. Now, now you, they don't want you to take a daily regimen with aspirin. It's like aspirin's been around for how long? And it's, it really, I'm not one right. to be a conspiracy theorist, but all these little um, drugs that take hardly nothing to make sense. And they're mm -hmm. pushing all those aside. And then we're going to make a pill that you got to take for $75 instead of, you know, $2 or whatever it is. So right. you put two and two together and it's all coming down to who controls the money. Where's the money going? But uh, so where can people find you, donate to you, um, website, what you got? Sure. Uh, hopefully, if you are in Michigan, you are already a member of Michigan for Vaccine Choice. If not, please sign up, michiganvaccinechoice.org. You know, it's going to take all of us as one voice to stand up to these. In Michigan for Vaccine Choice, we have watchdogs and good relationships in Lansing. 
and we will send you action alerts when we need you to send an email. We make it easy. You push up a button, it sends to your legislators. We'll even call the phone for you to talk to your legislators, where if we need you in Lansing, we really need you in Lansing, and we need all of you guys to get those alerts so you can participate as one voice as the people. You can also find me. Um, I have a blog, Health Freedom Unmuzzled, on Rumble, on BitChute, and on Telegram. Now, will will you also keep people aware on even, like, legislation? I know we've had some bits and pieces gone to Michigan State Legislature. Where are we sitting with that? Has that been passed or still on the docket for vaccine Um, choice? Nope. We still have a few bills. One is sitting in the Oversight Committee. We actually have a whole vaccine package to protect our, our rights of choice. I think there's seven bills total that are sitting in the Oversight Committee. That is, the chair is Representative Steve Johnson. So if everybody here gives Steve Johnson a call and lets him know that we would like our vaccine bill package to be heard in his committee, that would be wonderful. And also um, we have the vaccine passport bill um, and another one that is trying to protect employees from employer mandates. They're still sitting in committees. Um, in the Senate and the House. So still waiting to push those through, and, and hopefully if we can get them through, we will pr- pressure the governor enough to sign them. You know, one of the great things is this is an election year, right. and this is not a partisan issue. This is a human rights issue, mm-hmm. and many of her constituents are wanting freedom as well. So we shall see. Well, good. And yes, Michigan for Vaccine Choice you want to learn about any and all of the bills that are happening in in Michigan and in Lansing, you go to our website, michiganvaccinechoice.org, and go to the Action Center, and you can see all the bills. And we give it a green check or a red X, and there's action alerts in there as well. Awesome. Well, Maya, thanks for being on the front lines and fighting for our freedoms and vaccine choice. Uh, Have a great day, and we'll talk soon again. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Bye. You are listening to the Patriots Voice of Michigan. God bless.